0: Good morning, people of... What, what, what? Sorry, I've been wanting to do that for a couple months. It's just my first chance. Right, yeah. Good morning, people of God. Oh, so wonderful to see you all this morning. And uh, I really put you all to the test, didn't I? You had to vamp for a while. Sorry, it, I just got to get back in the, the swing of things. Being uh, on vacation last Sunday, got a chance to go into Canada, do some fishing with my dad and brother-in-law, and uh whew. I've got some fishing stories to share, but uh, that's for another time. But uh, um, pray that uh, this finds you well today. For those of you joining us online, welcome everyone. A couple quick announcements. We will be celebrating Holy Communion, so hopefully you all received your communion kits as you walked in. Or if you're at home, I invite you to get some bread and some wine following our time of uh, the sermon today. I wanted to share uh, a simple way to share God's love today in the entryway as you walked in. There's a little table with uh, some yellow post uh, uh, cards on there. Uh, I invite you to, if you so feel moved to do so, to write a message of, uh, whether it's a prayer or uh, a, of support for the people of Buffalo. Uh, you know, it's so, so easy to move on. You know, as... Uh, our, our tech director here at church just shared with me there's already been 288 mass shootings in our country this year, right? And how quickly people have moved on from Oxford, which really hasn't happened all that long ago. And then we have Buffalo and Uvalde, and gosh, there's probably one, been one this morning already. So one way that we can, uh, you know, do more than just say thoughts and prayers is to uh, write a message to let people know that we are with them. Uh, So not only the people of Buffalo, but as the Spirit moves you, by all means. Uh, What a great opportunity to write people and, you know, tell them that we are with them or praying with them or whatever. So that's in the entryway. I wanted to read to you out of the book of uh, Psalms. Psalm 139 says this, For it was you who formed my inward parts, You'd knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works that I know very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. This is a wonderful hymn to the beauty of God's creation and to the rich diversity of people that we are all, all of us, wonderfully and fearfully made, in the sense that there should be awe and wonder about the blessing of each and every human being. Amen? Amen. So this is Pride Month, and though we uh, should celebrate this all year long, this is a particular time for us to give thanks for the blessings for our LGBTQIA plus siblings. The church is stronger and richer with you. The world is stronger and richer for you. We are blessed to be a part of the same family of faith. And I'm not here to tell you what, you, uh, you know, what to believe or to make you see, the st- uh, see things the same way I do, but all I know is this. As followers of Christ, let's get busier loving on people. Amen? Amen? Instead of tearing people down. Let's focus on welcoming people rather than keeping them out. If we truly believe that we are all made in God's image, then God is in every single one of us. So let's celebrate that. Amen? Amen. Amen. Last summer we had a young man join us uh, for worship. And uh, he asked me to meet with him the week after his first visit. He shared part of his journey And his life as a young gay man and how he heard more acceptance for who he was even in our prayers, let alone the sermon, than he had had in his entire life in the church. On one Sunday morning, the first time he felt loved by God. He heard that he was fearfully and wonderfully made and that God loved him just as he was. That's the message of Jesus Christ. That is the message that the church needs to be sharing. So I pray during Pride Month you will have a sense of pride and that we will all have a sense of pride in being part of this fearfully and wonderfully made family of faith. Let us pray. O God of all, with wonderful diversity, you created all people in your image. Free us from all that might distract us or, or keep us separated from you or from one another. And may we see your face in the faces of all of those around us. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior, and Lord, and all of God's people say, Amen. Uh, I want to also share Pastor Kelsey and our seminarian stuff. We'll be participating in a Synod Pride service next Sunday night, June 12th at 7 p.m. at Hope in Farmington Hills, Hope Lutheran Church in Farmington Hills. All are invited, so if that's important for you to, uh, to be a part of that service, to help support Pastor Kelsey and, and well, just the LGBTQIA uh, community, you are welcome to join us on that night. Finally, today is Pentecost Sunday, 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus where we remember and celebrate the coming of the Holy Spirit, where God opened the ears and the hearts of people across every division to experience the life-saving love of God. May this be your experience this morning as well. Let us pray. God, our Creator, the resurrection of your Son offers life to all the peoples of earth. By your Holy Spirit, kindle us in the fire of your love, empowering our lives for service and our tongues for praise. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. And all of God's people say, Amen. Amen. Please be seated. We are blessed this morning to have our seminarian, Steph Newman, share God's word with us today.
1: Praise God. What a beautiful weekend, huh? I Thank you for welcoming me back. It's such an honor and a privilege to be a part of this church and to be a part of this family of faith. Let's pray really quick, shall we? Merciful Creator God, we thank you for this day, Lord, for the glory and creation that we've experienced this weekend. Lord, we ask that you be with each person here and all they're going through. You know where each person is. Lord, we ask that you would help us set aside the things that clamor for our attention and give to each person here what it is the Spirit would like them to hear. May the words of our mouths and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable unto you, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Well, grace and peace to you from the God who formed you, from the Savior who redeems you, and the Holy Spirit who calls you each by name. Let's read our scripture, shall we? Romans 8, 14 through 17. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received a spirit of adoption. When we cry, Abba, Father, Father, It is that very spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If in fact we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, this Pentecost Sunday, we celebrate God's gift of the Holy Spirit. And I think for many Christians, the Spirit remains a mystery, a puzzle of sorts. And I think for Lutherans, sometimes we get a little shy in our dealings about the Spirit and our discussions. We know the Holy Spirit on Pentecost came through like a mighty wind, and there were tongues of fire on the disciples' head. But the Spirit also comes in like a whisper in the hearts and minds of Christians everywhere. And I think most of us would agree that the other two parts of the Trinity are so easily defined in our brains. Everybody knows we can wrap our head around the Father, right? We sort of picture the Father up in heaven, looking down on us. The Son came to earth, right, to save us, to spread love and acceptance. And the Spirit, what is the Spirit? I think sometimes this gets a little confusing for folks. When I was a kid, I pictured a Casper the Friendly Ghost kind of character hovering around. There to help when I needed. And there's been some common questions I've heard from people over the years. Like, what, just what does the Holy Spirit do? What are the gifts of the Holy Spirit? How do I know, or how would I know, if the Holy Spirit is involved in my life? So today, based on the Gospel reading from today... I will will try to describe the work of the Holy Spirit. And really, it's infinite, right? But we're just going to focus in on a couple of points based on the Scripture. So first, the Holy Spirit points to Christ and gives us or leads us or bears witness to our kinship, right? Often when people speak of the Spirit, they talk about the flames. But it's the mundane ways that are sometimes the most powerful So in verse 16, it says the Spirit bears witness that we are God's children. It sounds so simple, doesn't it? But it's so profound. The Spirit leads us to be children of God. Verse 14, and so that so intertwines us in our lives with Christ that we now understand God as a loving parent. That's mind-boggling to me. God isn't just that old man looking down from the sky. And for some of us, we were taught he was an old man with a lightning bolt, right? Do you remember that? (laughs) Or maybe it was just me, because I was always in trouble. But the Spirit of God, in verse 14, says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Let me read that again. All are the children of God. Not some. Not the ones you like. Not the ones you agree with or who look like you or talk with you the same. All. And if you're sitting here today and you're saying, of course I'm a child of God. That's not even a question to me. Then praise God. Close your eyes and listen to the rest of the sermon and pray for the people who don't feel that way. Because there are some people that need to hear the next part. If you are not that person... And you have been told that you are not loved by God because of who you are or that you're somehow different from the majority. You have been lied to. God is not excluding you. People exclude you. And in this Pride Month, I think we need to be explicit about our welcome to the people in the church that have felt left out. And if you haven't felt that love, I'm here to say, on behalf of this church and the greater church. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If you haven't felt that love from your church, this church loves you. Amen? If you haven't felt loved and welcome, we as a church, if you're watching today, will welcome you. You are welcomed here. We will love you. We will affirm the love that God has for you. Amen? And if that's the first time you've heard that, Just know it's true. Because all are children of God. I think sometimes we skip over that statement, but it's too bold. It's the beginning of the sentence. We just read through it, get right to the co-heirs. But this is true biblical representation of Christ's radical love and inclusion. So whether you are gay, straight, trans, lesbian, bisexual, questioning, or a one-eyed purple monster, doesn't matter, you are loved. All means all. Beloved black, brown, indigenous people of color, you are loved and celebrated today. We lament the systemic racism in our country and we pray for forgiveness. Today the Holy Spirit is calling us to lean into what all means. And I'm not just talking about different groups of people. It's so easy for us to put labels on people. We are all children of God. I'm talking about broken people, too. This Bible verse said all. That means you don't have to be perfect. If you feel like you've fallen short of the mark, God says that you are his beloved child. Whether you feel like a total failure, or you're so depressed you can't get out of bed, whether you feel like you are the worst parent in the world, and trust me, I have felt like that a lot in the last two years, You are loved by God unconditionally, broken or not. Whether you struggle with addiction or you're in the middle of a nasty divorce, you are welcome here and God loves you for who you are. Nothing, the Bible says, nothing can separate you from the love of God. Amen? Friends, as I said before, God doesn't keep you out of this family. We as humans try to do that. We try to separate, categorize people. We try to push people out. We don't welcome those on the margins. None of that is scriptural. The scripture says all. Sermon over, you can go home. <laughs> okay, you're not getting off that easy. Secondly, the Holy Spirit solidifies our place in the family of God. Not only are we God's children, Now, this is where it gets super exciting for me. Paul says that you are co-heirs with Christ. Do you know what an heir is? Everybody knows what an heir is. That means you are entitled to all that Christ has. Being co-heirs with Christ means you have equal and as much access as he does. Think about that for a minute. Being co-heirs with Christ means that you, just like Abraham, have been made a partaker in the promise of God in Christ, which has qualified you for complete adoption, full heirs. You're not that cousin that people tolerate or that weird uncle. You are a child of God beloved. This is what the Spirit does. Invites us into relationship with God through Christ Jesus our Lord. And I don't know about you, but right about then, the song, We are family, is kind of like going through my head because it's so joyful. We are family. We are God's family. Thirdly, the Holy Spirit is just as present today as in Paul's time. I think we see sometimes that the Spirit is working in the background of our lives, right? Because we're hearing this whisper. But really, I believe she's in the foreground. True, in most cases, the Holy Spirit does not draw attention to itself, but rather works on our, uh, to strengthen our relationships and our faith in Christ. But this means that the Spirit is very busy indeed in our lives, right in the thick of the action of what's going on. Think about the times you have felt, in retrospect mostly, about the Spirit of your life, in our stumbling attempts in faith, the Holy Spirit is at work. When we seek comfort, the Holy Spirit reminds us Christ's seeking the lost sheep, right? And His forgiveness to people like Peter the betrayer or Thomas the doubter. When we need correction, the Spirit calls us to mind not to love money but to love people that we need to forgive and that even those that we classify as enemies... Our beloved children of God. Those who wonder about the Spirit's presence in their lives only need to look to times that they struggled on their journey of faith. And friends, we all struggle. We have times of questioning and doubt and frustration and fear and anger. In those very real painful moments of life, the Holy Spirit is there. Amen. God has not abandoned us. This has been a couple of rough weeks in our country, in our world. In those times when you feel like abandoning your faith, the Spirit is there to remind you of God's presence. Praise God for that. Because left to my own devices, in those dark and lonely times, I wander far from the source of light and truth when I feel angry about what's going on in the world or unsure, when I feel sorry for myself, when the Spirit is there whispering to me, be still and know that I am God. When I don't understand the things that are going on in my life, the Spirit is there to help me come full circle and say, it is well with my soul. Amen? Despite the times when we feel like walking away, when we want to throw the towel in and quit, the Spirit is there to encourage moments from brokenness to wholeness to encourage and embrace us. Lastly, I just want to say the Spirit is a gift. The Spirit is our advocate to help and guide us until the coming of Christ. And what a gift. The Spirit is always with us. As a church, I think we can and should pray for the Spirit to move us. And move in us. Can you imagine how the world would change if we did that daily? You see, I don't believe the Holy Spirit is pushy. But the Spirit does have an agenda. The gift of the Spirit to continuously bring us back into relationship with Christ. To claim our kinship with our Lord. In John it says, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, who the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you Of all the things I have said to you. The work of the Spirit is to continually draw us back to Christ. Martin Luther even says, I believe that my own understanding or strength, in my own understanding or strength, I cannot believe in Jesus Christ. Is that crazy? Martin Luther said that. In my own understanding and strength, I cannot believe in Christ. But instead, the Holy Spirit has called me through the gospel, enlightened me with their gifts, and made me holy and kept me true in the faith. And so as we reflect and celebrate Pentecost today, yes, I believe the Holy Spirit is moving just as it did, rushing through the church, inflaming hearts of believers, but it bears witnesses that we are children of God, all of us. It reminds us that God made us in their image, We're beloved as God's children. There's nothing we can do to mess that up. This knowledge frees us up to live in the certainty of the promise of our salvation. It grants us the knowledge that we are not alone. So dear friends, this Pentecost, I pray you spend time quieting your soul, praying to God, reflecting on the Holy Spirit's presence in your life. Pray that the Holy Spirit will move, guide you, befriend you, and comfort you. Because the Spirit of God that rushed in on Pentecost is there with and for us. May you know this to be true. Amen. Now we'll have our next song of praise.
0: I invite you to please pray with me. Heavenly Father, we can't thank you enough for the gift of today. Send your Spirit to open our hearts to your love, to open our hearts to your calling in our lives, to to lead us, to guide us, to nudge us in the direction that you would have us be. And bring us back to you always. Lord knows there's so many distractions and so much going on in our lives that that seem to pull us in so many different directions. Lord, let this be a time where you draw us back to you. And not only today, but have that experience every day. At some point that we are brought uh, back to you, to your presence, to your promise, to your source of new life in a world that just doesn't offer it very often. We ask that you be with us, that you use us to bring new life to those around us, that we be your hands and your feet in this world through the gift of your Holy Spirit. We ask all this in your holy and precious name, and all of God's people say, Amen. I invite you to stand as you are able, free from capitalism to sin and death we pray to the God of resurrection for the church for people in need and for all of creation at the end of each prayer I will say Lord in your mercy please respond with hear our prayer let us pray holy living God holy moving God Burst open our locked doors. Spirit, drive us out into the world, proclaiming your mighty deeds. Direct our words and actions, trusting the Advocate abiding in and through and with us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Feed and care for creatures that remain hidden to us, yet contribute to the vibrancy of your creation. Train us to interact with creation from a place of wonder and awe and reverence. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Send your spirit to places where language is a barrier to justice and mercy for those who seek it. Bless the work of translators, interpreters, and teachers. Promote understanding for the sake of those longing for, for true freedom and peace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Comfort all who live in constant fear. And any who are suffering this morning, especially those we name now either silently or out loud. For June and Jane. Remind them that your Spirit has made them your children and that they are never far from you. Lord, in your mercy hear our prayer. Guide all bishops, pastors, missionaries, and other ministers of the gospel. Foster our relationships with partner synods and local ministry partners that our visions and actions are spirit-led. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Since we have such great hope in your promises, O God, we lift these and all of our prayers to you in confidence and in faith as we now pray the prayer your Son taught us to pray. I invite you at this time to uh, take out your communion kits or to take out your bread or wine or grape juice at home as we prepare ourselves and our very souls to receive the gift of Jesus Christ. Again, if you struggle with opening these, push it down first and that frees open the top part. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread. He gave thanks, and he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, and it's given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. The body of Christ given for you. Amen. And again, after supper, he took the cup. He gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, and it's shed for you. And for all people, for the forgiveness of sin, do this for the remembrance of me, the blood of Christ shed for you. Amen. People of God, may the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you today and always remind you and and draw you back into God's grace. And all of God's people say, Amen. Amen. Finally, it's important we ask for uh, your financial support today, whether you're joining us online or here in person. None of our ministries and the amazing work that God does through King of Kings is possible without your generosity. So uh, we have the offering buckets on your way out. We have a QR code at the end of the service. But every little bit makes a profound difference in how we can care for God's people. Finally, may you receive this blessing. May the road rise to meet you, may the wind be always at your back, may the sun shine warm upon your face, and until we meet again, and until we meet again, May God hold you in the palm of His hand. Amen. I invite you to stand as you are able as we join our voices in our final song of praise. Amen. With that, people of God, may you go in peace and share the good news. Thanks be to God.